with your right talent and the right roadmap, you can go anywhere you want to go. Coming up next, we're going to hear from Terry McDougall, an executive and career coach that has helped thousands of high-achieving professionals break through blocks, regain their energy, and enjoy their careers again. Coming up. Hello, I'm Fernando Sosa, and you're watching Mindset of Steel live show. In this show, we encourage you to crush your limiting beliefs, punch fear in the face, and take massive action in your business and your personal life by focusing on the 80% psychology and 20% strategies. I'm very excited. Uh, this is episode number 25 of our weekly live show. And uh, we have a special guest coming up next, uh, Terry McDougall, an executive and career coach. And we're going to hear all about uh, what she does and how she's helping people in their careers. Um, and before we get started with that, I just wanted to welcome you again. If this is your first time here, welcome. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. Click on the notification icon so you can be notified when we go live. And... Uh, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. This is uh, sh the show is also available on Spotify and other uh, podcasting platforms. Um, and if you haven't signed up to our community, go to you can go to mindsetofsteel.com and uh, join the community. We have a private Facebook group, and uh, we have other content, other material that we have uh, going on there. We go live during the week inside the private Facebook group, and we're putting together a lot of content in, uh, in there for you. We just finished our relationship challenge a couple of weeks ago, and we have other activities uh, planned for the next couple of weeks. So mindsetofsteel.com, that's the place where the magic happens. So before I introduce our guest, uh, let me just share with you a little bit about her. So um, her name is uh, Terry McDougall. Now, Terry McDougall, She's an executive and career coach and author of the book, Winning the Game of Work, Career Happiness and Success on Your Own Terms. She works with high-achieving professionals who successful but not satisfied to help them increase the overlap of professional success and personal happiness. Before becoming a full-time coach in 2017, Terry has a long-time marketing executive. Uh, so she's going to be joining us from Chicago, Illinois. So let's go ahead and welcome Terry. Welcome, Terry. Hi, Fernando. How are you? <laughs> good, good. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm really doing nice. And it's it's starting to warm up a little bit here in Chicago. So, you know, that's what's not to like. <laughs> really, really. So the windy city is getting uh, warm. That's excellent. Yes. <laughs> we're getting we're at, we're warming up over here. I'm on the East Coast. Uh, so you're in, you're in uh, Chicago Central Time, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, so you're one, one hour difference. Good, good. So, so Terry, um, I saw a lot of a lot of your content out there. I was I was very impressed, and and um, I'm very excited to have you here to so you can share with us uh, what you do. And uh, um, I basically wanted to see, kind of, I kind of was thinking how how do I um, the questions that I wanted to ask. I wanted to cover kind of three things. First, I wanna. I want to go over your corporate story, your corporate, how you, you know, 
what 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 were you in your past life? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you will jump into your intro- entrepreneurial journey, and then we can talk about how you you're helping people uh, um, as an executive coach. Sounds good. Yeah, that sounds good. Awesome, awesome. So, so Terry, tell me, you as a so tell me, call me, tell me back, tell me. Let's go back and how, how go way back. You? Yeah, <laughs> take me as far back as you want. <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny when I when I got out of college, I did not know what I wanted to do, and I, I grew up in Delaware, and the only thing I knew is that I did not want to go back to Delaware because there really weren't any opportunities. I, I uh, grew up in the southern end of the state, and it's it's mostly farming and uh, tourism. Uh, it's near the beach, right? So mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of professional opportunities. I ended up going to visit my boyfriend who lived in Boston. And while I was there, I thought, I'll just look for a job. <laughs> and um, his mom told me, she gave me, what color is your parachute? That you know book about looking for a job. And she said, before you interview, do all the exercises in this. And that was some of the best career advice I ever got because it helped me narrow my focus and it helped me when I went into interviews, know how to talk about myself and what I, what I like to do, what I was good at, et cetera. And, uh, you know, I think that that's a, that's a piece of the puzzle that a lot of people are missing when they're looking for a job. They're just like, I just need a job. Um, so anyway, my first job was with a publishing company. I was an administrative assistant in the ad sales department. And I, that got me starting to learn about advertising and marketing. And it really was my, the first step on my path to a 30 year long marketing career. Um, you know, in those early days, this was back in the 80s, um, I was, you know, direct mail was king. There was no internet back then. And in fact, I didn't even have a computer at my first job. I, they did get me one a few months after I started, but literally there were no computers. Everybody was like using typewriters and stuff. Okay. So it's back in the ancient days. Um, but I, I um, you know, just kind of kept moving up. I worked for a couple publishing companies doing uh, direct mail marketing. And then when I was in my late twenties, I decided to go back and get an MBA. Um, I got married shortly after I got out of business school and my husband and I at that time lived in the Washington DC area, which for a young couple looking to buy a house and start a family, it's a little bit on the expensive side. So we were, you know, it seemed like good timing for us to consider moving to a different area. And one of my friends that I went to business school with, had gotten a job with a bank in North Carolina. And I ended up through him learning about an opportunity in their marketing department. And they hired me and we moved to North Carolina and I was there for nine years. And I'll tell you that even though my undergrad degree was in economics and that's actually a good background for banking, I never thought that working in financial services would be interesting. And I couldn't have been further from the truth. I I actually worked in financial services for 21 years. And during that time, always in marketing, but supporting lots of different businesses. And in that time of the 21 years, I probably had about eight or nine different jobs. And, you know, when you get in with these big companies, there's lots of opportunities. They were always doing new things and you know, merging, buying other companies. And for a marketer, there were a lot of opportunities to, you know, do rebrandings or, I mean, funny enough at that, at that first bank, I can remember when we were getting our first website set up, you know, and so like working on getting the website or there was a new product 
helping to do all of the you know strategy and communications around launching new products. So, um, so anyway, I did that for. I, I was there in North Carolina. The company um, was called Wachovia, and now it's part of Wells Fargo. Um, but I got recruited from uh, uh, when I was working there in 2005. I got recruited by another company here in Chicago, and I, even though I'm an East Coast girl and I couldn't really imagine myself in the Midwest, here I am, uh, and it was actually a really great opportunity for me. Um, the the first job that I had, and this was actually one area of banking I'd never worked in. I I came in to be the U.S. head of marketing for their investment bank. Um, for the company I work for here in Chicago. And uh, that was a really, really very fast paced, interesting job. Um, but I, I did that for seven years, actually, and then uh, moved into a couple other roles before I was um, done. <laughs> I was there for 12 years. And, you know, I would say that after 21 years of marketing, I think in some ways I kind of outgrew um, the opportunities that were available to me there. And so it just got me thinking about what's next. And um, I actually, I guess, kind of went back to those early days, my boyfriend's mom giving me that book and thinking about what am I good at and what do I like to do? And what I realized was as a marketing leader that I had really enjoyed the mentoring and coaching aspect of being a leader. And my teams had high employee engagement scores. So, you know, I was getting kind of feedback that I was good at what I was doing. And so I, I actually decided to get a certification in coaching. And I did not at first plan on starting my own business. I um, just figured, okay, I'll get the training and I'll just get another job and I'll just maybe I'll do this full time when I retire or something like that. But going through the training, I was surrounded by a lot of other people who were um, entrepreneurial at heart, you know, and were, were planning on starting businesses. And I guess it was just kind of contagious <laughs> that, that um, I thought, well, why not? You know, why not now? And I just realized that I could always get another job. But while I had the momentum, I might as well just go ahead and see if I can make it doing um, doing this on my own. And it's been four years since I left my job. And so it's working out okay. <laughs> great, great. So so all the years that you were in corporate, you you did did you think about it maybe in the future as a possibility jump into entrepreneurship or or that yeah I mean I I always um, describe myself as entrepreneurial. And okay. in fact, when I was in business school, I did freelance graphic design. So I did have my own business. I mean, it was just a solopreneurship. But mm -hmm. um, I, I'm somebody who, you know, I, I'm pretty goal oriented. And, you know, I like to make money. <laughs> and, um, and I have opinions about the right things to do. And that served me well in the, the corporate world. You know, very often, I was kind of going into new areas where there weren't there were no guidelines, right? It was just like, hey, go make this happen. And so I think I always had that kind of entrepreneurial streak, but I had the I had the free reign to use it within the corporate environment, which in some ways is the best of both worlds, right? Because you have the safety net, but you also get to go out and do new things and right. get rewarded for, for doing that. Um, but quite frankly, I will tell you that part of the reason why I decided to leave 
the last organization that I was with is because when I first started, there were a lot of opportunities to do that kind of like open-ended, you know, blue sky type work. And by the time that I left, things had become very tame, you know, and I, I kind of describe it from like in the beginning, it was almost like, there's the jungle, here's a machete, go cut a path and tell us what opportunities are out there. And that's exciting for me to like kind of go into uncharted territory. Um, but by the end, it was more like, okay, we've, you live in a development at the end of the cul-de-sac. <laughs> you know, that was, that was what it felt like. It did not feel like a jungle anymore. It just wasn't as exciting for me. I see. Now, that's interesting. So, you know, many, many people think that, and I think we grow up, that's kind of like a natural tendency that many, we, we, we have this idea that we work hard to achieve a certain goal in life. And, you know, we can spend uh, years and years and years uh, trying to, you know, striving to, to reach that goal. And we think that we, when we reach the goal, we're instantly happy or fulfilled. Yeah. And in reality, that's not, that's not the case. Um, you know, the truth is that happiness is, is like a journey, not necessarily a destination, yeah. right? And I, and I see when I was looking at your, your content, uh, I, I liked a lot what you have on your website and, 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 and your approach is that you're you're basically you're you help the and and I'll ask you how how you're doing it, but you're helping people, executives, and 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 people in their careers that are not necessarily happy or, or feel fulfilled, but you kind of open that up and 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 shift the energy that they have towards mm -hmm. happiness, right? So yeah. can you tell me more about that? How how do you do that? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that um, when I was writing my book. You know, I, I was writing a lot of stories about, from my career and, and also sharing some patterns and experiences that I had as a coach with some of my clients. And one of the, the things that I have observed, and I actually, this, this was crystallized as I was doing some research to support some of the things that I was teaching about in my book. I came across, um, I came across some research by uh, this guy named Tom DeLong, who... I believe he teaches at Harvard Business School. And he said that high achievers are addicted to external validation. And that, like, you know, you talked about like punch fear in the face, <laughs> that like yeah. hit me upside the face because I was kind of like, oh my gosh, I realized that was true on an instinctive le level, but I never had had the words for it. And when I read that, I, I was like, well, that, of course, that makes sense, right? Because people who are successful in business or in their careers, often they've built a whole history of success, you know, whether it's, you know, being successful at, at sports or at school or whatever, where they're delaying gratification, right? So, and, and um, you know, I like to give the example of like a lot of times when kids are really young, and their parents are like, come in for dinner or, you know, come in and do your homework. They're like, no, no, I don't want to come in. I'm, I'm having fun playing. They're like really, they're really connected with their joy. But what happens over time is that we, we become disciplined, right? And we start to realize that if I delay my gratification, that I'm going to be rewarded later for it. And, and we are, right? We, if we do well in school and then we get other opportunities, maybe we get into a good college. If we do well, well in college, we get a good job. If you do well at your job, you get promoted, etc. right? So it becomes a habit. 
But what's happening along the way is that we lose touch with that part of us that's connected to our joy. Um, and that I believe is the reason why we find people who are successful but not satisfied because things have gotten out of balance. They're, they've become very accustomed to looking outside of themselves to find that satisfaction rather than you know, maybe sitting with themselves and saying, well, what is it that I want? Mm -hmm. Interesting. And so, and you, so you mentioned uh, um, your book. Can you tell me a little bit about your book? Yeah, the book, um, as you mentioned, it's called Winning the Game of Work, Career, Happiness, and Satisfaction on Your Own Terms. And I, I was, um, you know, I wrote it because as I was coming up in my career, I was very ambitious and I wanted to figure out how do you get ahead, right? Because one of the things that didn't take too long to realize is that, you know, putting your head down and keeping your nose clean and doing your, just doing your job wasn't going to be enough to get ahead. And so I was really observing and reading books and watching the people that got ahead and trying to figure out, like, how do you do this? And, you know, a lot of, a lot of the quote unquote rules of the game of work, nobody ever teaches you. And in, you know, for many of us, we can sit there and, and watch people get promoted and say, well, I, I don't think that guy, I didn't think that that person was that good of a worker. And like, what are they doing getting promoted? I'm working hard. And, mm -hmm. and um, I feel like I was very lucky because I had a couple of really good mentors along the way who, in some ways, I, I kind of think of it like they pulled back the curtain to show me like, this is what's really going on, right? This is, this is what these people's motivation really is, or this is why that person got promoted. And so I, I learned to st start understanding what was really going on behind the scenes. And once you understand that, and then you can start to play the game in a way where you start winning. And, you know, in the book, I talk about, you know, if you're working hard and you're not getting the results, it might be because you don't know the rules of the game. Like this could be Monopoly and you might be approaching it like it's Twister, right? And th those two don't go together. <laughs> um, and not only might you not win, but you might actually get yourself in trouble. Right. And so and I have a little graphic here on your book. So it's available on Amazon, right? Yep, that's yeah. right. So growing growing up, I always knew about the about coaches and the word coach, but it was only associated with sports. Right. <laughs> so growing up, you know, you know, later on, you kind of figure out that well, you know, there's coaches in other areas, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, but you know, to some people, that is still not a foreign term, and and they don't necessarily understand that there's people out there that are coaches. Can you share with us, you know, why, what is a coach uh, besides the, the sports ones that we know about? Mm -hmm. What is a coach and why do you think, uh, why do people need coaches? Well, I mean, executive and career coaches actually have a lot in common with, with sports coaches, right? Because if, if say you go and, you know, you're working with your, you know, batting coach on your baseball team, it's probably because maybe you're striking out a lot, right? And and the coach wants, wants to help adjust your swing so that you hit the ball more. Well, in executive coaching or career coaching, it's the same thing. Like if you're doing something and you're not getting the results that you would like to get, does it make sense to keep doing it? 
and not getting the results? Or would it make sense to have somebody come in and take a look at you and say, maybe if you tried to do this, or, you know, have you tried this or that, or what I've seen in similar situations is this, that this can help you improve your performance to get better results. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I'm working with somebody, it's usually because I, I, actually a couple reasons. I mean, sometimes the companies will hire a coach, you know, they'll pay um, for the coach to work with somebody. And it used to be that companies would hire coaches if somebody was like doing a bad job. But really, the trend now is that they reward high um, potential employees with coaching because they look and they say, you know, this person, they have the drive, they've got the talent, they could use a little you know, polish or experience. And so they'll, they'll have a coach work with them so that they can get clear on their goals and learn what um, actions they need to take to be more effective in their job. Um, so there's that. And then sometimes when people hire me directly, it's because they're having some kind of issue, right? It could be that they've gotten promoted and they're feeling stressed out. They're not sure what they need to do differently in their new role. And, and that's, it's actually not uncommon at all for somebody to get promoted and to not mentally promote themselves. And so they, they may like almost unconsciously keep trying to do their old job plus their new job. And that causes a lot of issues because if you're promoted and you have the authority to delegate, it's important to do that so that you can focus on your highest value work. But naturally, sometimes when people get promoted, they might not feel comfortable with that. They may not know, you know, how to set the systems up or if they're, you know, having staff meetings or one on one meetings with people like, well, what am I supposed to tell them or what like what's the right, you know, how long should the meetings be? You know, how should I run the meetings? That kind of thing. And so, you know, I just help people to put the, the processes and the actions in place to be more effective in their roles. Interesting. And uh, one of the things that I saw from the, your content is that, you, you know, I like the way you, you, you present the information and, and, and how you structure your, your coaching program. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Now that we know, you know, what's a coach, what, why do you need mm -hmm. one? How do you consume that information or how are you presenting it? Um, mm -hmm. to your clients? Yeah, I, I have basically a five-step framework that I work with people on. And the first thing that we do is just get really clear on the goal, because clearly it's just like going on a journey. If you don't know where your, what your destination is, you're probably not going to get there. And sometimes people will just like feel like things aren't right, you know, and, and that's a good place to start. But you have to from there say, well, what is it that you want? You know, what, what's your goal here? Is it that you want to get a new job? Is it that you want to you know, get along better with your boss. I mean, you have to get clear on what the goal is. And then once you have uh, that goal clarified, and then you've got to develop a roadmap, like, and say, okay, I'm here, and I want to get here. What's what's my plan going to look like to do that? And what action steps do I need to take? Mm -hmm. And then very often, once you get the roadmap in place, you realize that, well, there's some there's some skill gaps of things that, you know, if I have to take this action, well, I don't, I don't know how to communicate this. I don't know how to, you know, run a staff meeting, whatever it is. Um, and so I will work with them on developing the skills so that they can show up and take those actions that they need to. 
And then the the fourth area that um, I I call this environments, and it's really um, it's it's about giving people a safe place to come in and talk about what's going on with them because it, it's actually really interesting that sometimes when I either I'm doing a discovery call with somebody that's thinking about hiring me or when we have the first um, call that they'll like let their hair down and they'll just tell me everything. And even by the time they get done telling me what's going on, they already have more clarity because maybe either their family has been, family and friends might be tired of hearing them complain <laughs> about work or maybe they don't wanna share that because it's either gonna stress people out that are close to them or they're gonna get advice that is not helpful. So having a coach and being able to be in a safe place to share that. And you know, you can badmouth your boss or whatever you want. Like, I'm not gonna tell anybody, <laughs> it's confidential. Um, the, the second environment that I work with people on is, it's those external things, like what's the goal? What's the action holding you accountable? And importantly, celebrating achievements too, because I see it a lot with high achieving people that they're like, they'll do something amazing and they'll be like, okay, what's next? And I'm like, no, let's pause here for a moment and see this amazing thing that you did. Because a lot of times people that do amazing things don't give themselves a credit for it. And then they'll and then they'll stop and be like, oh, I'm not that, I'm not that successful. Or look at that guy, like he's so successful. And I'm like, hold on a second. Let's like look and see how far you've come. You know, you really are doing amazing things. You've got to give yourself credit for that. And then the last uh, thing in the environments, and this one's really um, important, and I actually coach a lot on this, is understanding how to navigate the political environment at work. Um, because a lot of times, you know, people might work for a boss and the boss doesn't really provide them mentorship or they really don't provide them direction or they don't help shine a light on what's going on, what the dynamics are. And I really help people to, you know, rather than like stepping in, stepping back and looking at the bigger picture, because a lot of times with, with um, you know, high achieving people, their first instinct is to do more, to work harder, to go faster. And that just causes more and more stress. But sometimes if you step back and you start like looking at the big picture and saying like, okay, this guy has a tendency to do this and my boss expects this, you can start thinking of new ways that you can influence in order to get the outcome that you want. And then the last area that I work on with people is mindset. Um, because for every bit of energy that goes into negative thinking or into worrying or rumination, that's energy that cannot be used to reach your goal. And so I, I will work a lot with people to um, learn how to maintain a, a positive mindset. And there are things that people can do not to fall into that you know, dark hole of, of negativity. That's amazing. Um, yeah, be, uh, that, uh, it's very valuable, very, very valuable. I mean, uh, do, do you do you coach uh, entrepreneurs or just executives? Mm -hmm. do you no, I, I do have some business owner um, clients as well. And mm -hmm. I've I've actually found that to be really meaningful and and fun work, too, because a lot of times it's we're coaching both on you know, mindset or being the backstop for them. Because if somebody owns a company, a lot of times they just don't have anybody that they can talk to, right? Like they, they can't talk to their employees, right? Um, but, you know, being being the 
support for them, but also being a sounding board so that they can think about things that they want to do, decisions they need to make within the business. And, you know, having, even though I worked in big companies for the most part, um, I have an MBA and, you know, I was a hiring manager, you know, I dealt with a lot of the issues maybe on a bigger scale than what a, I mean, the, the people that I work with have smaller businesses. Um, but yeah, it's, it's rewarding and it's, it's wonderful to see people having success and not having as much stress. Yeah. And I can imagine, um, I mean, being a, being an entrepreneur or being a high achiever can be a lonely place if you don't have yeah. somebody to, uh, like yourself as a coach to, you know, uh, help you see the, another perspective and, and, and not, um, you know, be by yourself. I think it's, it's, it's an excellent value proposition. And, and by, and on that, it's something I think, uh, well, let me ask you a question. Do people, are people hesitant or people who come to you in terms of making an investment of time and money to mm -hmm. get a coach? Uh, how does that play out in, in people? Because like I said, when you grow up, you don't necessarily grow up thinking about right. investing in, in, in coach, although you invest um, in your education, but you don't think about mm -hmm. investing in coaching. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I'll tell a story about the first time that I, I hired a coach and this was back when I was working at Wachovia and my boss left the company. He had been a mentor to me and he actually, I learned a ton from him, but he left and I was really the, you know, the next level uh, person. There was nobody higher than me once he left. And so I decided to throw my hat in the ring for his job. And I made it through the HR interview fine. And then with the second round of interviews, it was a panel interview with um, several people from the bigger marketing department. And I knew them, but they were in a different city. And, and I did not really do anything to prepare for the interview because I thought, well, I've stepped up and I'm sort of like filling in his shoes, you know, since he left and I've worked here eight years and people know me, you know, I just didn't get myself in the right mindset and I did not do well in the interview and I was eliminated from the process. And I felt ashamed, you know, cause I, cause I really felt like I failed and, and funny that you should say about like coaches. Cause I remember at that time, and this was in the early two thousands, I said to myself, I was like, I think there's something called like a career coach or something <laughs> like it, people just didn't talk about it as much back then. But I, I looked it up on the Internet and I found somebody in my town who was did like career and executive coaching. And I went to her for a few months and she even though I didn't, you know, as far as I knew, I had no opportunity at that job. But I just didn't want that to happen again because it felt it hurt. You know, I was felt humiliated. And so she helped me with my confidence. She helped me talk about how I brought value. She gave me good feedback in terms of how I needed to look the part. So I went out and bought clothing and invested in my professional image. And that also opened my eyes up to the fact that when you see people who are executives, very often they've had coaching. They didn't just pop out of the womb and like zoom their way to the top of these organizations they got people to help them along the way. If they weren't good presenters, if they needed to be better at sales, they had people helping them. And if you are at a level and you think you've got the, the talent and the drive and the smarts to make it, but you haven't figured out how to do that, that's where coaches can help. And so to finish up the story of the coaching, what happened was they, um, 
they offered that job to somebody and she turned it down. And so they actually started the process all over again. And since I had had coaching, I actually applied again. And surprisingly, they decided to interview me again. And this time I made it all the way to the finals. It was me and an external candidate. The last interview was also a panel interview, but this time it was with the CEO of the division and his two top executives. Well, I did not get the offer. But the day I found out that I didn't get the offer, a recruiter called me and by like maybe two or three months later, I had a job offer from that opportunity. I had another job offer and I was interviewing with the third company. So I prepared myself and then I was ready for the opportunities. And the job that I ended up getting moved me here to Chicago and it was better, paid better and everything than the job there. And so I think if you think of it on a return on investment standpoint, I basically doubled my income and the few thousand dollars that I paid, it might not be even that much, I can't even remember at this point, but it more than paid for itself because you know doubling your salary and then being able to you know live like that for 12 years that was a small 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 investment for what i got out of it and and besides that also my uh self respect i think that that's priceless quite frankly for me had i not done anything i would have been walking around feeling like a loser instead of just feeling like you know what i'm going to do something about this that's amazing, Terry. And, and, I, and I, I know that I can imagine that there's a lot of people that could be that could use coaching that are in a place in their life that maybe they're working and they're not necessarily happy, but they're, they're not feeling fulfilled. And all they need is just a little bit of coaching. And then from there, take it to the next mm -hmm. level. And then it just gets better yeah. and better. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's some, so, um, I, I don't know if we have enough time for this, but I, I will tell you sometimes when, especially when a company gives coaching to somebody and they might, maybe they have six sessions or something like that, that I've had people say to me like, oh, the company gave me this. I wasn't really sure what to make of it. But even after one session, they, they feel more confident and they are able to go and deal with things that have been bothering them at work because they're able to have a sounding board. And somebody who's experienced too to say, well, you know, have you thought of it this way? Or here's a few things that you could do differently. And um, it's super fulfilling to me too for people to come back and say, you know, um, you know that thing that we talked about last time. I tried this and it worked really well. And you know, they and then they just kind of go on to their next issue, and we we just keep knocking them down. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Well, that's awesome, Terry. So I guess we're going to wrap it up. Thank you very much, uh, Terry. So how can people follow up with you? How can they get in touch and learn more about what you do in the next and take a next step? Well, um, they can go to my website. It's terrybmcdougal.com. Also, I'm happy to get LinkedIn with anybody that's interested. And my handle is terrybmcdougal on LinkedIn. And I, I put a lot of com um, content out there. And then, of course, there's my book. If you just want to kind of check out some of the, you know, lessons or rules of the game of work, um, that's a good place to start too. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you very much. I guess we're going to wrap it up. Uh, if you're watching, if you came in late, watch the replay. Terry gave us a lot of information and shared a lot of uh, insights on on her journey and how she's helping people. Uh, and then you can connect with her, TerryBMcDougal.com, and. Uh, 
If you um, don't forget, also go to mindsetofsteel.com and sign up, be part of the community. This has been episode number 25 of Mindset of Steel. Thank you again, uh, Terry. Bye. Bye, Fernando. Thank you.